Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson. Me, Ben Hobson. And me, Jane Maguire. Today we're asking, can you outrun ageing? Ooh. Hope so. Yeah. Here's to hoping, eh? Here's to, we've got Sam Murphy coming on, t- talking uh, talking about it. So I hope she's going to say yes, absolutely, guys. One 20-minute run. All that running <laughs> you've been doing, perfect. You're now forever young. Um, I hope Aww. so, because I've had to start using an eye cream, because I looked in the mirror the other day, and it was, and it was terrifying. <laughs> so now I'm using an eye cream. And on the eye cream, it says it's recapturing my youth to some capacity. So I don't know how it's doing it. But I'm using it because it's not looking good, guys. Wow. That's that's interesting, one. Because, Jane, your dad is a lifelong runner, isn't he? Do you think he's has it kept him young? Um, I mean, well, I don't want to delve too deep in case they listen to this. I don't <laughs> think they do. Um, but my mum has made, drilled in the fact that you have to wear sun cream every day or you'll get wrinkles from probably when I was about 10. So I think if she'd like that with me, she'd probably like that with my dad. Um, so... He's got quite good skin, actually. I think that's down to the old um, the SPF, but it could be down to the running. Hey, we're we're gonna, we're going to find out. Um, interesting article in the Times, uh, I think, out today. Uh, so it's a, it's Nike has shelved a, a super shoe for sprinters after rival manufacturers expressed fears that they would allow an inferior athlete to wipe out Usain Bolt's world record. So this is the Viperfly that um, I think you saw in New York, Jane, but I don't think it's been out in competition. Yeah. Yeah. About, I think I saw, I was in New York about this time last year when they launched the Alpha Fly. Um, and it kind of looked crazy if I'm thinking of the same shoe. It kind of had the same like little air pocket thing under the under your forefoot. Um, but it kind of looked like it was hovering. Like, do you know what I mean? The way they'd like it, I was like, <laughs> wow, that's a crazy hovering spike shoe. Um but yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like surely the same could be said from the for the Alpha Fly that they're going to make people quicker. Hundred percent, hundred percent, Jane. That's exactly it. Why is Usain Bolt's record so important? Why? What happened? What about Paula Radcliffe? Yeah. Or so is it? Is it literally have have Puma said right? As in when we talk about a rival manufacturer? Because I, I um I haven't I haven't read it, so I'm just going by what you guys know on this topic. But um because if it's because it says rival manufacturers, so I'm assuming it's. But why specifically you're saying Bolt? Well, as well, well no, like, I guess. I, mean, I guess it's because, yeah, he's like the he's the poster boy of 100 meter sprinting, and his records would probably be broken by someone who somebody decides is an inferior athlete. Which again is a sort of weird judgment call that I'm not sure um, is easy is easy to make. Um, but as Jamie's saying, like the like records have been getting broken left, right, and centre now for um, eighteen months, two years in in distance running events. Um, 
you can decide whether that's right or wrong. But I think once you allow that to happen on certain events, you can't sort of um, ring fence 100 meters and say, no, 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 this has this, these records were, were set by Mr. Usain Bolt. So we can't have um, technology coming in, helping here. It's almost too late, isn't it? The horse has bolted with this stuff, I think. I just also think if you apply it, if you apply it to other sports, it'd be like, I mean, don't get me started on F1. I don't think it's a sport, but like, <laughs> oh, you can't drive a new car because like 10 mm. years ago we didn't have that kind of car or you can't play with a new tennis racket because technology like are we just gonna stay in this in 2020 forever because no one wants that like do you know what I mean can we not uh, can we not develop any further from now in case other things like it's just stupid and I think it's insulting on athletes to be like oh you did it because your shoes not because we know more about recovery or we know more about training and stuff now no one can be better than Bolt, so it must be your shoes. I've no shade on Bolt. Like, who knows? But like, I don't know. I think it's ridiculous. Do you think that maybe it's because margins within hundred meters are so small that the the impact? But then that it doesn't really matter, does it? I was trying to sort of reason and logic around this and be like, oh well, the margins in the hundred meters are so much smaller that the you know one second advantage or mm. behind them, one second that's insane <laughs> the, the you know the one um, percent uh, yeah. yeah the 200 do the 200 uh, whatever milliseconds of time you know that that these shoes bring that's that's a huge difference um so i guess that's kind of like where it, where it comes from but still I'm no like, you just can't have one rule for distance running one rule for sprinting like uh, like if you if you wanted to say like these shoes so like now, I was in favour of this, Ben. As you, no, I'm not saying that I've been proven right here, but like, you know, like, it's like you, you could make a rule and say no carbon, no carbon plates in shoes, right? That's it. No carbon plate, um, plates in shoes. Any record set with that isn't a record, and you could just ban, you could ban them. Mm-hmm. That could happen. Um, but they haven't done that, so you can't now go, oh no, but not in not in hundred meters. It's just mad. Yeah, I think it's it's like it just does a massive disservice to all the other distances or other athletes. Agreed. Yeah. When I spoke to Tony. Bignall, I might have said his name wrong, who is, uh, I think he's VP of Footwear Innovation at Nike in New York. And we're talking mainly about the Alpha Fly, but I guess it applies here. And I kind of said to him, you know, whenever you release anything new or like exciting or new technology everyone's immediately like we gotta ban it and I was like how does that feel (laughs) as someone who's a designer like do you know what I mean you've spent years working on this shoe and he said in a way it's flattering because people are so Mm. intimidated by new technology and new developments that it's just other brands being worried I guess that other that Nike or Adidas are ahead of them um and I wonder if that's what's come, what's happened here. Maybe they are these weird kind of hovering floaty shoes that no other brand have developed. And they're just like, oh, no, you can't. But it's weird for Nike to pull them. I don't know. But maybe they've just had so much ag. Yeah, I agree. I, I've, I think it's, that's it, isn't it? Because as Ben was saying, like, like, yeah, but Bolt was a, was a Puma athlete, right? So why would Nike pull a shoe to preserve the legacy of a Puma athlete? Yeah, it seems, it seems a bit like, Hmm, that's that's very good of you guys. Unless they don't meet some uh, yeah. sort of regulation, I don't know. I've not looked into it enough. Um, yeah. But I guess they are an elite. We're talking elite, elite shoes here, aren't we? They're not. They're not for the everyday. Oh yeah, you, you're not going out and and, and doing like a, a a little jog in a free mile around the park in them. No, they're spikes, aren't they? They're spikes. So like you know, they're a track spike. Yeah. But yeah. Weird. This is a very very strange one. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, well, what, I wonder what our listeners think about that. Do you think that, that some 
of these distances should be ring fenced and protected or is it too late? Yeah, I feel like we've been very one-sided. I'd like to hear a different point of view because maybe I'm being ignorant. Usain Bolt, are you listening? Would you like to write in podcast at runnersworld.co.uk? We look forward to hearing from you. Too busy, too busy launching a music career. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, international yeah. music so, star. You know, uh, I'm quite excited about that. Maybe he'll sort of launch some sort of... Uh, protest song and that's how that's how we'll keep up to date with this this burning topic um should we get our guest of the week on let's do it guest of the week here in the studio guest of the week sometimes on the phone could be an athlete could be a physio or a complete the passing years have consequences beyond the number of candles on our cake we lose muscle we become less flexible, our VO2 max decreases, but can running help to slow or even reverse the aging process? The evergreen Sam Murphy is here on the Runners World podcast to tell us more. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Oh, hello, Rick. Thanks for that, evergreen. I love that. <laughs> I guess some under 40s will be listening to this and maybe thinking, yeah, I've got nothing to worry about. I'm, I'm still young. I'm in my prime. Um, but some of these changes, these kind of aging process actually happen a lot earlier than people might like. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those people who are thinking, well, I might just download this and listen to it in 10 years. Uh, <laughs> I've got, got to have got to sort of take a second look. Yeah, a lot of these changes are happening from a lot younger than 40. I mean, you know, right from sort of 30, even some of them are, are from kind of late 20s. So yeah. bone density, lung capacity, uh, VO2 max, so aerobic capacity, muscle mass, all of those things are already starting to decline from sort of 30 years of age um, onwards. So it isn't something that only starts to affect us when we're sort of 40 or 50. Gosh, so Jane's all right for a bit, but me and Ben, we're in we're in serious trouble, mate. Well, you you did say like <laughs> some under forties, someone some under forties listening might be thinking there's nothing to worry about. I'm the opposite. I think that the decline has begun in in earnest, and I do worry about it quite a lot. Well, that's good. Well, that, this would be a good episode for you to to take in, Ben. Yeah. Good. I think one of the most uh, revelatory quotes that um, that somebody said to me when I was researching the article for Runners World on aging was. It's not so much that exercise slows down the aging process as that not exercising accelerates it. Mm, right. And I think that's a really good take on on it. So it, it's, you know, just turning it on its head, really, and saying that actually it's it's more about lifestyle. It's about mm. what we're doing with our years rather than the, the chronological sort of passing of time. So you know, other things in your life that prevent you from exercising, whether that's, yeah, sort of sheer, sheer laziness or whether it's just being completely, you know, engulfed in other things that are taking over, like being a dad to two young, young kids yeah. <laughs> might stop you exercising as much as, as you were. And, and those declines are just kind of waiting in the wings, really. That's really, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes i agree the decline is is here it's not even waiting in the wings anymore things but do you think there's anything uh we can do to to slow the march of old father time uh or is it just that when that's not really the point the point is that you're doing your best to sort of just uh delay it perhaps yeah well i mean the studies show two things that that the declines happen at a slower rate in people who are um, active, um, you know, sort of regularly active. 
So the declines happen slower, but also they begin later in lots of cases too. So there's two two different ways that you're kind of slowing the march of time. Um, but I think what's what's really interesting about the research that's been done is that when these declines were first attributed to the aging process, things like bone density decreasing and um, weight gain happening, aerobic capacity, all of those things. The reason is that they were comparing what they considered to be sort of normal people who are aging with, uh, with younger people, but their version of normal was basically sedentary, inactive people. And it was only when they started to look at people who they considered to be unusual, people who hadn't just you know, become confined to the sofa from the age of 40, people who were still active, when they started to look at those people in comparison to younger people, they found that actually the declines were much, much smaller or not there at all. So that's when, you know, this kind of realisation came. That actually, it's not really about how many years you've got on the clock so much as what you're, what you're doing during those years, you know, how active you're being. And I'll just give you one example of, um, you know, weight gain is, is considered to be one of the, you know, sort of inevitable factors of, of ageing. And generally, you'd be looking at sort of 0.5 to 1 kilograms per year from middle age, you know, adding on, adding on that extra weight. But um, one study found in women um, who were runners, the, the difference um, in their weight from the ages of between 20 and 29 and 60 was two kilograms. So they gained, you know, on average, two kilograms during that time. So some of them wouldn't have, have gained any at all. In comparison to non-runners, they gained nine kilograms in that same time period. So you can see that the amount of change is much, much smaller over that same sort of time period. So it's a good example of how, yeah, these changes will still happen to a degree, but we can do a lot to slow them down by staying active. How much do you need to run? Like for people listening who maybe aren't, you know, running that much every week, is it is is a park run once a week enough? Or, you know, is it running really regularly and kind of longer distances and that kind of thing? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um the consistency is important. I mean it's not massive volumes. Um in terms of some of the really important changes that that you can gain from from being more active in terms of sort of prevention of of, of declines, the studies are looking at uh, about thirty to forty minutes four or five times a week. So it is quite a sort of regular habit that's that's needed in order to get these these benefits. But it's not about you know doing huge mileages, big big distances. Um, and different benefits come from different types of sessions. So, you know, those sort of moderate intensity sessions, you know, your, your kind of bread and butter, just easy runs. They're really good for, um, you know, preventing cardiovascular disease and keeping arteries really healthy. So keeping that elasticity in, in arteries, which is helping blood pump around the body and the brain in a, in a sort of safe and efficient way. Um, controlling weight, uh, reducing the risk of, of things like type 2 diabetes. But then there are some other benefits that come from slightly higher levels. So we've got these little kind of, every runner's heard of the mitochondria. We all know about the mitochondria. They're the little energy factories that we have in all of our muscle cells. And 
they start to decline as we get older. But this is one of the things that's been found that we really can make a massive difference to mitochondrial health and efficiency through running where we're just going at that slightly higher intensity level. So the sort of level where you could only maybe get out one or two words in conversation. So that's sort of what what you might call lactate threshold or tempo level. So that seems to really help with that mitochondrial health, which is one of the things that's going to really help you maintain a decent performance level um, as you get older. Um, And then in even higher sort of intensity, so really looking at maximal running, so sprinting, so short distances, that also has benefits that that more moderate pace running doesn't have. And that, you know, we, we might come on to that when we when we talk about the uh, the things that running maybe can't do quite as well as we would hope it might. <laughs> so so that, that, max, that maximal stuff, is that like we're talking proper like, you know, six to ten seconds of like flat out running, not just like intervals? Yeah, that's right. We're talking about, about actual sprinting. Um, it's really interesting, the studies that have been done on sprinters, so people who are just, you know, that they're, they're masters athletes, they've been sprinters and they're now continuing with, with their sport, you know, in, in later life. And some of the differences that have been found in what they've managed to retain um, and, and hold on to as they've got older compared to uh, us lot, the, the distance runners or the, you know, the endurance runners, um, things that we've, despite our, our you know, regularity, despite kind of keeping up, up our training, we actually haven't managed to hold on to. Um, and the two key things that come, in, that come into it here are uh, bone density and muscle mass. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So, I mean, till I researched this piece, you know, going back to my sort of, you know, sports science degree days and stuff, you know, we always were taught that bone density was was 
really benefited by any weight bearing activity you know so something like cycling or swimming wasn't that great because there wasn't any impact but running or or jumping any of those things that you were really going to get that benefit for um you know your your skeletal health but it appears that it isn't quite so good news for us endurance runners so the um the kind of stimulus that's required as we get older because the the, the cells that that help us to uh, maintain bone density become less responsive as we get older and so the amount of load that you get through the skeleton through distance running isn't quite high enough to act as a stimulus for us to to um, produce more um, bone cells that that create that that sort of denser structure. So sprinting, where the force is much much higher and also it's applied much more quickly, that does seem to be able to um, preserve bone density. So one study found fourteen percent higher bone density in the hips of sprinters and comparing endurance runners to people who don't exercise at all there was like barely any difference which is quite shocking yeah gotta get sprinting gotta get sprinting yeah that's right so that's one thing we we need to sort of put on the list as uh you know the kind of anti-aging formula for runners nice yeah it'd be a good book that wouldn't it the anti-aging formula i can see that oh i'm on it i'm on it (laughs) (laughs) oh there you go We'll review it, don't worry, straight away. <laughs> well, the other thing is, is sadly, is is the muscle mass. So that's another thing that, you know, we think we're doing ourselves a favour by, you know, getting out there, doing our sort of four or five runs a week or whatever, that we're going to hold on to that muscle mass. But it appears that the um, the declines are, are really not that different from somebody who's not actually exercising at all in terms of how much muscle mass we lose as we get older and it's actually quite a, a scary amount so three to ten percent per decade from about the age of 30 wow oh god so by the time you're 80 you know it's a miracle you can even get up out the chair let alone go for a run what if you've got very little to begin with sam i'm just t- asking for a friend <laughs> well i think the answer really lies in um doing exercise with more force that's right. actually going to stimulate greater growth so we're back to sprinting again um and also resistance training so mm. okay you know i'm not i'm not a massive gym fan it has to be said but the, the benefits to your your musculoskeletal system are site specific so even if you're doing loads of squats and lunges and thinking yeah this is great you know i'm keeping my muscle mass and my bones strong in my legs well that's not going to help your 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 spine or your wrists or you know bones in the upper body so it's very um you know specific to the muscle groups that you're working so really it means that we need to be working you know a full body workout in the gym or at home but using resistance training equipment to try and hold on to as much muscle mass as possible which in turn will help us hold on to a healthy metabolism and and help to avoid that weight gain i've always held out the hope that i'd be fast as i got older like look at kip joggy he's like 36 37 i don't know and put like is that not the case are we just going to get slower as we get older or is that not is that kind of i don't know i'm depressed by this news <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is true that we will get slower as we get older. I mean, if you look at, um, you know, the the, the famous, uh, late and famous Ed Whitlock, um, you know, he was an amazing runner, you know, in his in his day, 
he was he ran a 1723 5k when he was 67 wow seven at 75 he was still sub 20 he ran 1907 so pretty nifty still at, at 75 at 85 he declined to 2403 mm. so still some people would be you know, saying, oh, yes, please, 2403. Yeah. But you can see that the declines are, are, are much steeper as the yeah. as, you, as you get older. But what we've got to remember is that we're starting from a much higher starting point. So although we're all going to lose fitness as we get older, if you haven't got very much to begin with, well, you're going to end up in trouble quite soon compared to somebody who's, you know, if you've got a VO2 max of, you know, 40 or, or 50, then yes, you're going to start to lose it, but you might end up with with a VO2 max of you know 35 when you're 60, whereas somebody who had a VO2 max of 35 when they were 30, well, they're going to get to the point where you know they're going to be having mobility problems or you know heart problems that kind of thing because their VO2 max is going to be so much lower by the time they hit 60. So we're holding you know by by kind of creating a, a bigger fit, fitness level in the first place, we've got we can afford to lose a bit more without getting into a situation where we're losing quality of life or, or, you know, risking our health with all these sort of lifestyle diseases. With, um, with, so we're talking about obviously, and we're talking to runners who've probably got, as you say, like a decent base for those who don't have a decent base though. I mean, what's the, is there, and they might listen and go like, Oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> what's, the, what's the point? <laughs> it's too late for is me. Any, yeah. Um, it's too late for me, but that's not the case, is it? I mean, if someone started to change their lifestyle now, I mean, they're gonna. It's depending on their age. Obviously, they could still make significant inroads into delaying that decline. Definitely, definitely. I mean, that's one group of people who you know, even somebody who's starting running um, at the age that we might sort of be generally seeing these declines start to happen. But if they've never done any running and they start running at fifty or 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 even later, they're going to see the sort of adaptations that that we all enjoyed long ago because you know they they're still got that capacity to adapt to exercise. You know they're they're still presenting their body with the stimulus, and they are going to get adaptations. So that's really good news for people who are a sort of later starters. There's still going to be a ceiling at which you know they're not going to be able to improve any further, but there's definitely you know, there's no sort of age limit or deadline on, on you know, it being too late to start running for sure. I wonder, Sam, about the um, kind of the societal expectation of what people should be doing at certain ages. So maybe someone who can look around when they're 30 and say, well, all my friends are, are exercising, so I will too. By the time they get to 60, 65, they might think, look around and think, actually, the, the expectation is that I'm going to do less now. What, what role do you think that plays in the age um the age process of people, the, the idea that actually at certain ages you should be doing a certain amount of exercise. Do you mean in terms of as people get older, people are more likely to say, oh, take you want to take it easy yeah, at your yeah, age, exactly. that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. I think that's really where, um, you know, running as a community is really, really helpful because, you know, loads of running clubs or, or running groups and communities tend to be multi-generational so you'll have runners of all different ages and and the key thing is that running is normal it's a normal activity for everyone who goes to that group everyone who's part of that community and, and age doesn't really come into it and I think that's really sort of healthy environment for people to be in as they're getting older so you know they might have people at work who 
don't run or who aren't involved in that running lifestyle who are saying, oh, God, you're still running. And that's the thing. But if they've got that other side balancing that from people within their running communities sort of saying, oh, you're going to be doing this race this year or, you know, then I think that that kind of helps to to give them the confidence to um, to maintain their, their habit. And I think that's why you do get a lot of these masters athletes clubs and and groups um because it just gives a little bit of solidarity and there's there's a lot of the 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 age grading thing i think has been a really really good addition to our sort of forms of measurement that we like to give ourselves as runners um so park run i think is the main organization we have to thank for sort of bringing age grading into the into the sort of wider world of running and um it's it's so helpful to to sort of see yourself graded within the context of other people your age what about the brain sam (laughs) we've talked about we've talked about our muscle mass diminishing slowly but what about the gray matter does this is is this gonna obviously this helps us in that department too oh it absolutely does it really does and actually while you know with the muscle mass you know that the you know even if whether you're running or whether you're inactive or less active you know the declines are still quite evident but with the brain um, running does seem to be a little bit more of a of a robust um, factor in 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 helping to prevent those declines so for most most of us as we age the the white matter of the brain the the hippocampus actually starts to shrink so we basically get smaller brains as we get older oh no uh, <laughs> what if you're already starting with a very small brain asking for a friend again <laughs> <laughs> it can actually make your brain bigger oh. wow that's a big brain rick not not a big head not big headed <laughs> yeah actually where in people uh, not you know not to, for your friend this is obviously ben i'm talking about now but even in those who have already so I've seen some shrinkage of the brain tissue that taking up exercise or in increasing exercise can actually reverse that and, and actually help to sort of rebuild some of that, that hippocampus tissue. So it's about, you know, that's the part of the brain that deals with um, sort of learning and understanding, memory, that kind of thing. So all of those real kind of important functions. And you can create new cells in, in the hippocampus and also improve the connection between different cells in that area as well. So you're actually getting a, a few more um, hands on deck, but you're also improving the communication between all of, the, all of those hands on deck. So it's, it's really, really helping to stave off, off um, a cognitive decline. So that's really a, a great reason to, to keep running. Yeah. Is there any difference between um, males and females? I'm hoping that all the men are going to degenerate first is that like oh. is there any difference oh, thank you jane <laughs> well it's a, it's a good question that's not something that i i really came across in the research i mean there are a couple of of um differences in terms of i mean women go through a lot of of sort of accelerated changes through the menopause um so you do get um you know a, a more accelerated decline in um bone density loss and you tend to get um you know a bigger amount of weight gain over that period with a decline in in metabolic rate so um not not the news you wanted to hear no 
gosh. But again, you know, people, uh, studies have shown that, that women who are active throughout menopause or even people who start to be active at that time, you know, even if they weren't before, that they do weather that that period better and do come out of it with less weight gain and, and you know, fewer symptoms like the hot flushes and palpitations, that kind of thing. So it can be really, really good as a, as a, a tool to help you kind of get through that difficult time as well. Right, final question, Sam, and you've touched on this already, but I know the chances of injury increase as you get older. Um, what are a couple of things that runners should be doing other than running uh, to mitigate against this? Well, I think um, it's, it sounds a bit count, uh, counterintuitive, but I think adding some sprinting is a really good way forward. Um, you're going to have to add that quite um, you know, sensibly, cautiously, so we're not suddenly going to be doing huge volumes. And one of the best ways to introduce sprinting is to do uphill sprints because it's a little bit less load, it's a little bit less stressful on, on the hamstrings um, and the body in general, really. So I would start with a very sort of um, small number, so five or six reps, uh, eight to ten seconds, um, up an incline. And you want to get to the point where you can do that uh, up to sort of 12 seconds, maybe eight reps quite comfortably before you then might start to maybe alternate between a hill and then a flat and then a hill and then a flat and then sort of gradually increase um, the number of flat sprints. Um, some other things, um, the, the resistance training really helps with, um, tendons, um, tendons tend to be one of the things that get injured a bit more in older athletes. Um, tendons like load, they like to be loaded. They don't like rest. So doing some, some good all round, um, resistance training exercises will help to in, increase that tendon strength. One of the areas that seems to decline really sort of significantly in terms of, of uh, muscle and tendons is, is the calf Achilles complex. So I'll definitely focus on doing some um, calf work with, with a bit of load. Um, and other things in terms of injury prevention. Um, well, cross-training is a good addition to anybody's training program so just substituting some of your running for other cardiovascular exercise like swimming or cycling so that can be really good in in just kind of spreading the load a bit more there tends to be fewer injuries among people who cross train than people who are a real sort of purists and I know it's an old chestnut but also it is about listening to your body and you know just trying hopefully by by the time we've reached the uh these are uh, more mature years. We've we've got the, the the wisdom to decide whether we're being cautious for a sensible reason or whether we're just being a bit lazy or you know just you know trying to find a way out of having to do that that tough speed session. But sometimes you know you I think you do reach a point where you can kind of use your intuition to sort of say actually I'm just not ready for that today. Um, because something's a little bit niggly or I'm just not quite recovered from the last time I did a hard session. Um, and just really trying to, trying to sort of base your training around how you feel more rather than on what it says on this piece of paper that, that you, uh, you know, consider to be the, the gospel. I think, you know, I think we've reached that point where we, we should know more about ourselves than 
anybody outside or, you know, what it says in a book or a magazine knows about us in terms of what training is right for us on that particular day. Sam, thanks so much for coming on the, the podcast, talking about um, running and aging. Your article is going to be out at the end of this month in Runners World. So if people want to find out a little bit more, they can do so in the magazine. But thanks for coming on the, the, the podcast. You're welcome. Good to speak to you. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A big thanks to our guest, Sam Murphy, and to you, of course, for listening. The Runners World podcast is available on Acast, iTunes and all of your favourite podcast apps. Please just search Runners World UK and click subscribe. Thank you very much for listening and we will see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colours, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.